the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God will gladly take over navigating our lives when we surrender to Him. He's standing on the outside, waiting for us to open the door of our hearts from the inside. We must let Him in and give Him complete control. As Pastor Rander continues today's message, listen closely as he focuses in on God's criteria for knowing His will and what we must willingly do to live in Him, through Him, and for Him. God must always be first in all things, and we must submit to His Lordship in all things. Remember to keep your Bible, pen, and paper handy. That celebratory song that says, I can't stop praising the name of Jesus. And Father, now help me to preach the name of Jesus from the Word of God to the people of God to the glory of God. I pray that the saints be attentive, that their minds not be distracted, that they would engage and meditate, read and keep up and be determined to receive what you would say at this appointed time. I pray, Father, for those who are worshiping virtually, that you would move them now to be still. Convict them now. Father, help them. Settle down babies. Help people to just get out the kitchen. Not multitask. We pray against wandering minds. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. We're going to re-engage back into First John. Uh, we have about this. We have this message and another message, and we'll be through with the with the very first book of John, and and after which we will go into Second John. We will have preached each chapter in this small book from God. Uh, turn with us now. If you want to find a book, you go to the end of your Bible. Go to Revelation, then move back from there. If you start in Genesis, you're already in trouble. About, you'll get to it by the time we finish preaching. <laughs> so go to the end of your Bible and then move uh, backwards from there. 1 John chapter 5, verses 6 through 13. 1 John 5, 6 through 13. Pay attention. It's a lot of this message. It's a doctrinal message. Have your pens and paper ready because you're going to hear a lot. So you got to keep up. The scripture says in 1 John 5, 6 through 13, this is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit uh, who bears witness because the spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth 
the spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. Verse 9, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his son. He who believes in the son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his son. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. I want to preach from this particular passage, possessing eternal life through Jesus Christ. Possessing eternal life through Jesus Christ. By way of introduction, if one is to experience genuine salvation, there are some non-negotiables about Jesus Christ that we must believe for Jesus Christ is the foundation of the Christian faith. He's the foundation of the Christian faith and a person's eternal destiny hinges, actually hinges on what he or she believes about the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is the capstone of the Christian faith. He is the chief cornerstone of the Christian faith. Uh, he is God Incarnate, In other words, God in human flesh. He is Emmanuel, God with us. God, as it relates to the Christian faith, he is our Alpha, the beginning and Omega, the end. He is our Savior, which means, Savior means rescue. He has rescued us from the power penalty of sin. He, he has rescued us, Savior. He's our deliverer. He's the bedrock of the Christian faith. Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. No one comes to the Father but by him. God the Father sent his one and only Son into the world filled with sin. Can't you see sin everywhere? This world is filled with darkness. Matter of fact, even when he was born, the world was filled with darkness. And uh, people love darkness rather than light. This world, as we look around in nation and country, is filled with corruption and immorality. We, we look around and we see pain and we see tears and we see spiritual death. And we got to realize we live in a, a depraved world. And man, men, women, and children are lost. Sadly, multitudes of people all over the world are born. They're born, they live, and they die without spiritual life. How sad a commentary. People born, they live 30, 40, 50, 60, 80 years, and then die without Christ. What a spiritual disaster. That's why I preach so hard that's why I don't give you little sermonettes. That's why I do my homework because I love God and I love his people. As a matter of fact, I don't have to hope you come to church when the diet is, the spiritual diet is right. You are driven 
by the Holy Spirit's conviction to come and eat. When you put the right food in the spiritual trough, people eat. Amen? People go where they are fed. The whole of this passage is about the testimony of Christ, who is the author of eternal life. In this passage, John shares what one must believe to possess eternal life through Jesus Christ. In this particular passage, John shares what one must believe in order to to, uh, possess eternal life. You're in a bad place if you're not sure if you were to die at this very moment, you're not so sure that you would go to heaven. And I'm talking to somebody out there virtually. I'm talking to somebody in the Spirit Center, in the homes, and even in person worship today. You need to know without a doubt that you are saved without a doubt and all the demons in hell can't save you. So what must we believe about Jesus Christ to have eternal life? What must you believe about Jesus Christ to have eternal life? First of all, We must believe that Jesus was born as God in human flesh. No way around it. We must believe that Jesus was born as God in human flesh. Uh, Verse 6 says it right there. It says, this is he, Jesus, who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood, and it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. Now, in verse 6, water refers to Jesus' baptism in the river of Jordan. We were just there a few months ago, and I baptized a number of saints. What a shouting good time we had in the river of Jordan, being in that same river where John the Baptist baptized the Lord Jesus Water refers to Jesus' baptism in the Jordan River where God the Father validated the ministry of his beloved son. So how do you know that? Because of Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says, When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove alighting on the Lord Jesus him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then you see the word blood, the blood there. The blood of Jesus refers to the humanity and death of Jesus. That that blood right there, you see? The blood refers uh, to the humanity. Jesus came to have flesh and blood because he was not flesh and blood uh, before he came to earth. He became flesh and blood, God in human flesh, blood. He had blood in his vein, uh, and he shed his blood on Calvary. So much so, the songwriter said, there is a fountain filled with blood. Drawn from Emmanuel's vein. The blood of Jesus refers to the humanity 
and death of Christ, he had to become man to suffer, bleed, and die on the cross to procure salvation for sinners. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says, in him we have redemption. He purchased, redemption, he purchased us from the slave market of sin and set us spiritually free in him. In Christ, we have redemption through his blood. The blood has significance for forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In verse 6, the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of truth, bears witness to the humanity of Christ. The Holy Spirit gave witness to Jesus' birth. Did you not know that? The Holy Spirit gave witness to Jesus' birth. Um, let's just have a little Christmas. Uh, Ma- Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 says, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, immaculate conception. He was born, he, he, he was involved in the process of the impregnation of Mary. The Holy Spirit gave witness to his baptism. Matthew three sixteen and 17 says, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately. Again, I'm saying to you, from water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending upon him like a dove alighting upon him and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased the Holy Spirit also gave witness and empowered the ministry of Jesus the Holy Spirit gave witness and empowered the ministry of Jesus uh, you say where is that in the gospel of Luke chapter 4 verse 18 it says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, that's freedom, uh, to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And I tell you today that there are still many that are held captive by Satan. Held captive, I'm talking about even believers, by addiction and drugs. There are many in the Lord's church who are held captive by bitterness and uh, an unforgiving spirit and and alcohol and held captive by pornography and meanness and backbiting and talking and slander and all of these things. Jesus came to set us free. Free. He came to set us free. There are those who are brokenhearted. And Jesus has come to heal those who are brokenhearted. Number two, to have eternal life, we must believe in the Trinity. To have eternal life, we must believe in the Trinity. First uh, John chapter uh, five, verses seven and eight says, for there are three, say three that bear witness in heaven. The Trinity, we are, you said, we believe in the Trinity. We we believe in the doctrine of the Trinity. Trinity, the, the Father, the Word, 
That's Christ and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. One God revealed in three distinct persons. Wow. These three are one. Three persons, yet one. That is in the text. You got to underline that. It is, that. That text is under the radar there. Many people miss it. Verse 8. And three, look, and there are three that bear witness on earth. The spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. Y'all hanging with me? Even though the word Trinity is not mentioned in the Bible, you cannot miss this important doctrine in the Old Testament nor the New Testament, even more prominent in the New. In verse 7, we see God the Father, the Word, who is Christ, and the Holy Spirit, these three are one. The Trinity is one God existing in three persons. All are in agreement and operate in perfect unity as they authenticate the humanity and ministry of Christ. They operate. They don't disagree. They don't fight. They don't get mad at one another. They don't stop speaking to one another. They operate in perfect harmony, in perfect unity. Before the foundation of the world, God the Father is God. God, God the, the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ is God. And God the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He's a person. He's real. He's real. And you cannot diminish either of them. He's real. Be it known to you today that Jesus became God in human flesh to provide eternal life for lost sinners. In verse 8, look at verse 8. The scripture says, and there are three that bear witness on earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree as one. The Holy Spirit was at work in the immaculate conception of Jesus at his birth, and throughout his ministry, the spirit of God was at work and empowered Jesus. He was with Jesus. He anointed Jesus from birth All the way to death, the Holy Spirit was operable in the life and ministry of Jesus. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20b, it says, Do not be afraid to take to you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Again, the water refers to the baptism of Jesus that confirmed him as the Messiah and the Son of God. According to Matthew 3, 16 through 17, the blood refers to the humanity and death of Jesus. He had to become man to suffer, bleed, and die on the cross to procure salvation for sinners. Ephesians 2.13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. In other words, you say brought near, what that means? That means before we came to Christ, we were far from God. We were estranged from God. We didn't have fellowship with God. We did not know God experientially or personally. We were far off, but the blood of Jesus, when we trust Christ and shed blood on the cross for us, the blood of Jesus brought us in the fellowship, in fellowship with Christ. It brought us in harmony with the Lord Jesus Christ. Number three, the witness of God's son, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, must live in the heart of the believer to have eternal life. The witness of God's son who is the Lord Jesus Christ, must live in the heart of the believer 
to have eternal life. First John chapter five, verses nine through 10. You see that there? If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his son. He who believes in the son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony uh, that God has given of his son. Now look at verse nine. Verse nine tells us that we receive the witness from people. For example, we often accept the words of friends. We accept the reports from the news media, even though they are often biased, even though the media lie, and even though the media is often deceptive. Many accept the witness of the media with, without verification. And even juries uh, in the court of law believe the testimony of witnesses. Deuteronomy 19.15 says, One witness shall not rise against a man concerning any iniquity or any sin that he commits. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter shall be established. Why two or three witnesses? Because you just believe one person. If that person is lying, then, and, and everybody believe that one person find out not to be true, then it's a, it's a mess. Two or three witnesses. No one person can just say, I saw, I, 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 I. Well, who else saw it? I mean, you're the only one? How do we know you're telling the truth? Are there other witnesses to validate this? How much greater is the witness of God about his son? In these words, if people can trust the words of sinful men in the court of law, why can't we trust the words of a holy and just God? And not to trust God is to make him a liar. When one believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, he has the witness of God within him. Number four, to have the hope, to have eternal life, we must believe that salvation comes only through Jesus Christ. To have eternal life, we must believe that salvation comes only through Jesus Christ. First John 5, 11 through 13. You need to put an asterisk, uh, underline it, highlight it. This is a critical passage. First John 5, 11 through 13. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. He who has a son has life. He who does not have the Son, does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Verse 11 and 12. Verses 11 and 12 are some of the greatest verses in the scripture on eternal security. You believe this passage with all of your heart, mind, and soul, it will usher in eternal uh, 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 it will usher in assurance of salvation for you who are struggling. You believe these two verses, it will usher in the assurance of salvation. Uh, uh, these are some of the greatest verses in the scripture on eternal security of the believer. And when embraced, will remove one's doubt about the assurance of salvation. Not only is Jesus life, he is the author of physical and spiritual life. I mean, Jesus Christ created us physically. Amen. Out of, out of dust, he created us. He's the author of life and he's the author of spiritual life. We are spiritual life because of God sending his one and only beloved son who alone is able to give us spiritual life. Unless we believe that God 
gave the precious gift of the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him alone as our savior, we are spiritually dead. I say it again, unless we believe that God gave the precious gift of the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him alone as our personal savior, we are spiritually dead and without spiritual life and headed to a Christless eternity. Verse 12 says, he who has the son has what? Life. He who does not have the son, what? Does not have life. You see, there is no spiritual life apart from Christ. You cannot be saved through your baptism. You can go in a a dry center, come out a wet center. You know, you, you have to be born again. Then because of the born again experience, you are identified with the body of Christ through baptism. You cannot come to Christ through your denomination. Well, I've been Baptist all my life. I've been non-denomination all my life. I've been Methodist. I've been Presbyterian. And that my mama was a Presbyterian. My daddy was a die-hard Methodist. And I'm going to die Methodist. You can die a Methodist and bust hell wide open. It is not your... Some of y'all, you, you've been in denominationalism so long that you think that there are going to be denominations in heaven. That's a... That, hey, uh, I'm, I'm going over to the non-denominational department, and over here, that's the Baptist department, over here, the Pentecostal department. I want, where's my tamarind in, 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 so I can jump and shout and speak in tongues? Oh, where's the speaking in tongues section over here? You know? You, we, we glorify denomination. You don't come to Christ because of church membership. Now, you ought to belong to the church, and you ought to love the church enough to be a part of it because the church is the body of Christ of which Jesus Christ is the great head. We are the bride of Christ and God expects us to be a part of his church. That's not an optional. And we need to submit to the authority of the church. We ought to submit to church leadership, the governance of the church. And we are not create problems in the church. We ought to be peacemakers and promoters of unity in the church And we ought to be excited about the potential of serving Christ in the church in these latter day times. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-821. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.